children of God, this is your story tell all. I'm back just for a bit, according as the Lord has led. Remember, I said to you that I would only come back if the Lord gave me something especially for you. Let's talk. On Saturday, the year of our Lord 2020, in the month of August, as I sat at the lake observing and being amazed by the ripples, the ebb, and the flow of the water, I closed my eyes and allowed the sounds and the energy to wash over me as it willed. I allowed myself to succumb to the power of God's amazing comfort and beauty. I allowed myself to succumb to the power of God's amazing, comforting beauty. I learned early on, if you want God to take you, you have to be free enough to give yourself to Him completely. While I was tranquilized with the anesthesia of his beauty and his calm, he began to speak to the questions and the thoughts that were presently on my mind. Wow. Is God precious or what? Even though I was under, I could still hear the rising and the falling of the waves but even more gracefully. Unlike the natural sounds that we are accustomed to, the river was very clear, clear like glass, so that I could actually behold the depth of it. That was what I saw as I was under. I began to realize the power of his authority and his will. I was about to get the understanding that I needed about destiny. Destiny had brought me there, and I knew it. Destiny, it seems, causes us to have a recognition of his power and authority. A power that God has over us that causes us to yield to his will. The power that he has over all mankind. I'm talking about destiny. Let me say that again. Destiny had brought me there to that spot. And I knew it. Destiny causes us to have a recognition 
of that power and authority that God has over us that causes us to yield to his will. Every cell in our bodies yield. to his power and to his authority. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. I could hear his soft whispers that said, destiny is like a force pulling you in a direction that you cannot alter or detour. You just have to trust me and succumb to my pull. Destiny is a place where your opinions, thoughts, and your wonderful ideas are not asked for or sought after. I like that he said it was a place. I like that he called destiny a place. This place is not a consensual arrangement between us and our Father. Destiny is a place that was instituted before the foundations of the world. In this place, while I was under, I could clearly see and feel that yes, yes, divine authority allows destiny to just go ahead and pull us in the direction that he wants us to go. Divine authority does that. Coulda, woulda, shoulda has no place in the awesome realm of divine destiny. Do you always like it? that your loving father doesn't call a meeting to discuss with you whether you are all right with the direction that your father is is asking you and taking you to? He whispered, No, you don't like it. Because you don't like it because that direction is not your choice for your life. The direction of my pull is not your choice for your life. The direction is mine. And mine is divine. Direction is mine, and you are mine, he said, 
in his whisper. Wow. He was so gentle with me. And he made me smile. As he talked about me being his, I sank down even deeper in his rest where I felt cradled in his arms. He continued on. Do you always want my direction? No, he answered. Because it's not always to your liking. You say you love me, but you don't always trust me. Do you always love, love, love the places where my divine destiny takes you? No, no, no. You don't, he whispered. It sounded like he was having fun with me. While I was under, he was doing all the things he said that he would do. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. That's what he said. That's what he said in his word. My thoughts were being read. My fears were being calmed. My rest was being fulfilled. And my questions were being answered. Even the ones that I did not consider questions, but just simply thoughts. Yet he whispered, my thoughts yet he whispered my thoughts and he divinely read them as questions I smiled as I thought to myself you are so smart my father reading my thoughts like that that were actually my questions He continued his whispers to me. Will you ever be all right with divine destiny? Will it always be scary, he asked. Will it always hurt? How will you come to grips with my ways and your ways? Questions? Questions, questions, but answers, answers, answers. To know my ways and to accept my ways, he whispered, you have to get to know me. Don't try to know my plan. Just diligently get to know me. I will say that again. 
because he whispered this to me. And yet it was so profound and so strong and said with so much authority. To know my ways and to accept my ways, you have to get to know me. Don't try to know my plans. Just diligently get to know me. Learn how to love me. You can't change divine destiny. And I won't change divine destiny. You must accept it. But you can't accept it without getting to know me. Once you know me, then and only then can you settle into the knowledge of my truth about destiny. The truth about who we are to him, he said. He whispered that. You are my creation. And that he created me for his good pleasure. That's his truth. And that's what all of his children would have to come to understand. And we would understand it if we took the time to get to know him. What is that truth again? That we are his creation. That he created us for his good pleasure. But we must take the time. Take the time. Take the time to get to know him. That's his truth. By divine authority, he created me for. By divine authority, he created us for. I kept hearing it over and over. Those words washing over me gently, flowing throughout every part of me like a cool breeze. He created me for. Then I said it. His good pleasure. His good pleasure. I'm his. He created me for his good pleasure. To go in the direction that he wants to lead me, wherever that is to bend toward his voice as it calls and to allow myself to yield to the force of his pull. I said it. Then I spoke back to him in a whisper. Show us how to accept your true father about the direction that you're leading us. Show us 
how to accept it. You say that you love us, and yet your destiny oftentimes leads us to a lonely place, a place of separation from people that we love and enjoy, people that you placed in our lives. Oftentimes, your destiny, Father, leads us to an isle of Patmos, into exile, into captivity, into a certain type of financial loss, into a period of unemployment, into times of sickness, and even into death. Seal whispered softly to meet his whisper. I said, Father, that's where our concern comes in. Because we don't have the authority to change the course of where you are taking us when it doesn't feel good to us. We can't stop midstream and change it. We're so small. We're not big enough to alter divine destiny. We're not. We're not holy enough, not saved enough, not knowledgeable enough. I could tell that I was coming out from under. I didn't want to. But even in that majestical, awesome, amazing place, I still wanted to follow his direction. Even in the time that we shared, if our conversation was over, I would yield to it being over. But I still heard his whisper that heaven's plan is heaven's plan. What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visited him? The divine process, he whispered, is not for me to want what you want but rather for you to want desire and accept what I want for you what I want for all of my children the plan he whispered was never for you to let your will be done but rather that my will will always be done in your life. I squirmed in the front seat of my car and I whispered one last declaration to him. The heavens declare your glory, Lord, and so will I, Father. 
by accepting divine destiny as you designed it for my life. The heavens declare your glory, and so will I. You see, I went to my father, my best friend, for answers because I did not want to have anyone muddle my brains with any long, confusing double talk, leaving me with even more unanswered questions and an elevated blood pressure. He spoke. We had a conversation. I got my answers. Children of God, thank you for listening to my conversation with my father. I pray that you enjoyed it. I pray that you are blessed. Go in peace. I am the storyteller. Welcome back. This is your storyteller. I'm back with episode number three, the new version of Time Has a Sound. 80-year-old Miss Callie's version of Time. I was wondering to myself, where has the time gone? I needed to make haste so that I could finish her story. Finish it before, before she was finished with her journey down here. Before she was finished with her purpose. Finished with her bougie children. But more than anything, I needed to get busy and finish it before she was also finished with me, her storyteller. Good stars above, I thought. The thought of being without Miss Callie, the thought of not coming to the nursing home, not shining her up, not touching up those places on her body that the caregiver missed. This feeling right here, this thing right here, the knowledge of her not being here had its own foreboding, sad sound. And yet, I still had to hurry. I'd always heard the saying that time waits for no man. Well, it certainly wasn't waiting for me. But Miss Callie, Miss Callie, who was sweeter and kinder than me, 
was not being cut any slack at all. This right here, this alarming thought of her not being here with me, talking to me, laughing her gutsy laugh, this had a sound. A sound that no one could shut off. No one could close their ears and deafen the fact that time was running out for us. Neither one of us could run away from it because time was doing what time was purposed to do. She was on the clock. I was on the clock. As I stood there looking at the nurse at home, I moved over to one of the rockers that was on the porch and I rested my head back on the rocker and reflected on the first time I met Miss Callie. (laughs) When I finally was offered an opportunity to come inside of the Morningstar nursing home, I sat down before this really old wrinkly lady whose name was Miss Callie. I was all excited and giggly about hearing her talk about time. That's what she said, and she pronounced it time. She said, I want to talk to you, girl, about time. At first, I thought our talks would be about slavery time and black folk running through the cotton fields with bloodhounds hot on their trails trying to keep from being hung on a tree at the hand of white men. Men with white sheets over their heads. That's what I thought. That's what I thought she would be talking about. But that old lady, Miss Callie, could read my thoughts. I saw that the first time I met her. She could read your thoughts like a mind reader. She stared down at me, and then she burst out laughing. She kind of did that a lot. She would make you think that she was mad at you. And then just out of nowhere, she would just burst out laughing. (laughs) That's how she laughed. But I would be so relieved to see her laughing because I loved her. I fell in love with Miss Callie instantly. And when she would burst out laughing, I was so happy because it was never my intent to bring any discomfort to her soul by making her weary or mad. I thought to myself, who wants to go to heaven weary and mad? Anyway, she was so old, I thought that that slavery talk was probably all that she knew to talk about. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. I learned that day not to let the age of a person in the wheelchair fool you or the condition of the person in the wheelchair. Thin hair or no hair, this frail little 80-year-old lady knew some stuff. Yes, she did. She didn't look like she knew anything, but somehow I knew that my life was about to look like 
something I had never seen before. My life was about to change. And that life as I knew it would never ever be the same. Yes, looks truly are deceiving, but in a mighty, mighty good way. That day, I had on a short sleeve blouse and a ruffled dress. And without warning, she took my beautiful, smooth, glowing arms and placed them side by side with hers. Lord Jesus, I couldn't believe my eyes. Her wrinkly hands and arms really did need an ironing. Her skin was hanging and crinkly. I had not seen arms look like that. And Lord knows I had been around enough old people all of my life to have seen it. But somehow, I guess I never paid any real attention. Miss Callie kept her eyes peeled to my face. And she saw the shock on my face that just would not behave itself but she kept staring at me. You know how sometimes some things can shock you, but you still endeavor to keep a straight face. But this time, in spite of all my trying, all of my trying to make my face behave, my face gave me away My eyes felt like they would pop right out of their sockets. My mouth flew wide open of its own accord. I felt like a young, silly, uncouth fool who could not control her own facial expressions. Now this right here, this really was was truly a damn, damn, double damn moment. Miss Callie was looking at my face And what did she do? In typical fashion, she burst into full laughter. Then she stopped laughing and she said, Girl, what do you see? Well, I wasn't sure what she really wanted me to say. But very shy and quiet-like, I whispered the craziest thing. Wrinkles. She fell out laughing again. She said, no, baby, what you see is time. She said, say that. She's going to say it. She said, I'm going to ask you again. What do you see? And I said, she said, tell me, what did you say the first time? I said, wrinkles. And what did I say? I said, Miss Callie, you said time. She said, yes. What you are looking at, all these wrinkles, that's called time. She began playing around with that old long string of hanging shaky skin. She said it again. It's nothing to be all awed up about. It's just time, baby. She just kept right on shaking her skin and playing with it. And then she said to me, you keep right on living. 
and your pretty little tight, smooth skin will look the same. But guess what she said? There is a part of Miss Callie that is not wrinkly. What is that, I asked Miss Callie. And with her cute, childlike smile on her face, with her bony hands, she took her hands and covered, covered them over her heart in the fashion of a cross. Smiling, she said to me, my heart. What's not wrinkly is my heart. Mm-hmm. She kept on talking. She said, a long, long time ago, the good, good Lord, who knows everything about old Callie, when life had gotten as hellish as it could get, I mean hellish, Miss Callie trusted God. And then I looked at her, this sweet old lady. She put her hands up to cover her eyes, but her pain pushed her tears out through her hands. Those tears seeped right through her hands, even though her hands were up to her eyes. They found their way through her fingers and flowed down her face. Man. Her tears were not like any tears that I'd seen. But seeing her with her bony fingers up to her eyes and those tears still finding a way to seep through her fingers. I fumbled for a tissue. But she stopped me. She said, let them flow. These are good tears, she said. Well, I was kind of glad that she refused the tissues because all of my tissues somehow were full of chicken strip crumbs. He truly was good to Miss Kelly. He saved her even from the chicken crumbs. God did love her for, for sure. In spite of my tomfoolery, she kept right on reminiscing. I can't tell you, she said, just how many times I wished, in fact, I prayed for wings to fly me far, far away. I said, wings, Miss Kelly, like flying wings. She said, I prayed for wings to fly me far, far away to a place to be out of everyone's way. You know how sometimes you can just be in folks' way? They don't mean to treat you like you in the way, but they do. And you feel that. I wanted to fly away to a place where it would just be me and the good, good Lord. Because I knew that he would be there with me. 
Today, I thank my God that I stepped back and got out of his way. And when I did that little thing, he ironed them wrinkles right on out of my heart. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Until my heart became a heart that was pleasing in his sight. Nobody can see with the naked eye what he done, but they can surely feel it. I watched year after year these arms, hands, and neck go from pretty and smooth and meaty to nothing but a long string of shaky pudding. But that's not how my heart looks. No shaky pudding in my heart, but strong and kind and loving. When I look at myself in the mirror, I say to the good Lord, you are powerful and amazing. Only you can manifest time on this level. (laughs) The sound of my old joints making fuss creaking and squeaking, almost having a conversation with me day after day. When I hear these bones squeaking like that, that's evidence for me, divine evidence of the sound of time, reminding me of my seasons. Just like the changing of the leaves on the trees from one season to the next. Me and time. But guess what? Regardless of how I look, regardless of how wrinkly I am, it's still me. It's still Callie Mae. Regardless of the age, I'm still who God made. Girl, sometimes my eyes would be so gray and watery I would have to dab and dab and dab them dry before I could even read anything clearly. I would laugh and tell God, Okay now, Lord, I need to see a little bit now. I need to make out who's standing right here in front of me. I said, Come on now. Come on, Lord. I can make out the voice. That's what I would say to him. But the face is a little bit blurry for me. And then, just like that, just like that, after our conversation, he would bring him into focus, just like that. My conversation with God. (laughs) She burst out into more laughing. For some reason, that conversation with God, that thing right there, it was not at all funny to me. It just sounded kind of crazy. So I would say to her angrily, Miss Callie, what's funny about all that? She said, almost like an innocent child. She said, because of how it sounds. She said, time has its own unique sound. Don't it, she said, still amusing herself but scared me half to death. She said, 
I'm amazed and fascinated all the time as what only God can do. And so I tell him. I tell him that he's my God. I can have conversation with him anytime I want, anywhere I want, about anything I want. So you get over yourself, little lady. You can write this down or don't write it. Makes me know never mind. It's your choice. But you better laugh while you can, she said to me. I was a little bit angry with her about her talk. Foolish talk, I thought. And she was getting a little bit angry with me. She said, you, pointing her finger at me, she said, you better laugh while you can. Otherwise, you will cry plenty later on. She asked in a stern voice. She said, what would keep you from laughing when the funny strikes you? When the funny strikes you, down where that tickle bone is, what would keep you from laughing? What, she asked again. Answer me. With all the hell that's going on in the world, what does hinder you from laughing every chance you get? She said, I was young, frisky, and full of vim and bop. Then after time gets its hold on you, your vim and your bop goes into a permanent hibernation. And it stays there until you get your glorified permanent body. Plus, you get a mansion to boot, just like the scripture says. After you have suffered a while, you are brand spanking new. Well, pretty lady, I have suffered plenty. I have suffered plenty. That's why I laugh plenty. She hung her head down. She said, when I rise up every day and when I look in the mirror, I can see death staring right back at me. Let me know that it won't be long. <laughs> I laugh to myself. I already know that, I say. My eyes says it won't be long, Callie. My hand says it won't be long. These old ugly protruded knuckles of mine says loud and clear that it won't be long. The weight loss screams that it won't be long. Death has its own sound. But guess what? I scream right back at death. I tell it all the time. I tell it, stop screaming at me. I know you and I see you. I recognize that greatness in my eyes. I can smell you. I can taste you. You all inside of my mouth. But by God, you're going to wait your turn. While she was talking, I heard the fierceness in her voice. I saw the strength in her voice. I saw the fight. But I also saw 
a sadness that I didn't like. I looked away from Miss Kelly and set my focus on the leaves that were outside, now a beautiful golden brown. As the gusty wind blew the leaves all around, they looked like a sea of gold, gold coins floating through the air. The sky was a pretty blue with soft white puffs floating like cotton. It was a perfect scene. More perfect than the one that I was staring at with Miss Callie. I wondered if that was what Miss Callie was imagining. I knew that one day I too would see the same thing through her eyes. Through the same dim watery eyes as Miss Callie. My Lord, that was time. And one day it would be my time. I was now more sure than ever before that time would certainly catch up with me. As I looked at the leaves, so golden and pretty, even if I took a picture and captured every nuance of the wind blowing and every nuance of the leaves, just right as, as it was floating in the air, both the wind and the leaves would still remain the same, to do the same thing until the earth was no more. But not me. I would surely not remain the same. God had not meant it to be so. Here I was, young with vim and vop, as she called it. But one day, there would come a day when I would have neither vim or vop. Smiling, she finally looked up at me and she whispered, Heaven and earth will surely pass away, but my word will remain the same and would never get old and would never pass away. I knew that in order for me to live and not die, I would have to be like Miss Callie, who had developed a lifestyle of living as close to her, to her good, good Lord as divinely possible. When she said, my good, good Lord, she made you know, she made you trust that he really was her good, good Lord. In spite of all that I had learned about Miss Callie, she loved the Lord. She, she talked about things being hellish, but she still loved her good, good Lord. She said, I'll never leave him. Regardless of what happens to me, I will never leave him. She said, laugh, child. Laugh plenty while you have, and I said it for her. I said, time, Miss Callie? She said, yes. Laugh and love while you have time. Time waits for no man. I hugged her and cradled her in my arms.
Until next time, I am the storyteller. Welcome back. This is your storyteller. I'm back with episode number three, the new version of Time Has a Sound. 80-year-old Miss Callie's version of Time. I was wondering to myself, where has the time gone? I needed to make haste so that I could finish her story. Finish it before, before she was finished with her journey down here. Before she was finished with her purpose. Finished with her bougie children. But more than anything, I needed to get busy and finish it before she was also finished with me, her storyteller. Good stars above, I thought. The thought of being without Miss Callie, the thought of not coming to the nursing home, not shining her up, not touching up those places on her body that the caregiver missed. This feeling right here, This thing right here, the knowledge of her not being here, had its own foreboding, sad sound. And yet, I still had to hurry. I had always heard the saying that time waits for no man. Well, it certainly wasn't waiting for me. But Miss Callie, Miss Callie, who was sweeter and kinder than me, was not being cut any slack at all. This right here, this alarming thought of her not being here with me, talking to me, laughing her gutsy laugh, this had a sound, a sound that no one could shut off. No one could close their ears and deafen the fact that time was running out for us. Neither one of us could run away from it because time was doing what time was purposed to do. She was on the clock, I was on the clock. As I stood there, Looking at the nursing home, I moved over to one of the rockers that was on the porch and I rested my head back on the rocker and reflected on the first time I met Miss Callie. (laughs) When I finally was offered 
an opportunity to come inside of the Morning Star Nursing Home. I sat down before this really old, wrinkly lady whose name was Miss Callie. I was all excited and giggly about hearing her talk about time. That's what she said, and she pronounced it time. She said, I want to talk to you, girl, about time. At first, I thought our talks would be about slavery time and black folk running through the cotton fields with bloodhounds hot on their trails, trying to keep from being hung on a tree at the hand of white men, men with white sheets over their heads. That's what I thought. That's what I thought she would be talking about. But that old lady, Miss Callie, could read my thoughts. I saw that the first time I met her. She could read your thoughts like a mind reader. She stared down at me, and then she burst out laughing. She kind of did that a lot. She would make you think that she was mad at you. And then just out of nowhere, she would just burst out laughing. <laughs> That's how she laughed. But I would be so relieved to see her laughing because I loved her. I fell in love with Miss Callie instantly. And when she would burst out laughing, I was so happy because it was never my intent to bring any discomfort to her soul by making her weary or mad. I thought to myself, who wants to go to heaven weary and mad? Anyway, she was so old, I thought that that slavery talk was probably all that she knew to talk about. Boy, oh boy, was I wrong. I learned that day not to let the age of a person in the wheelchair fool you or the condition of the person in the wheelchair. Thin hair or no hair, this frail little 80-year-old lady knew some stuff. Yes, she did. She didn't look like she knew anything, but somehow I knew that my life was about to look like something I had never seen before. My life was about to change. And that life as I knew it would never ever be the same. Yes, looks truly are deceiving, but in a mighty, mighty good way. That day, I had on a short sleeve blouse and a ruffled dress. And without warning, she took my beautiful, smooth, glowing arms and placed them side by side with hers. Lord Jesus, I couldn't believe my eyes. Her wrinkly hands and arms really did need an ironing. Her skin was hanging and crinkly. I had not seen arms look like that. And Lord knows I had been around enough old people all of my life to have seen it. But somehow, I guess I never paid any real attention. Miss Callie kept her eyes peeled to my face 
and she saw the shock on my face that just would not behave itself. But she kept staring at me. You know how sometimes some things can shock you, but you still endeavor to keep a straight face? But this time, in spite of all my trying, all of my trying to make my face behave, my face gave me away. My eyes felt like they would pop right out of their sockets. My mouth flew wide open of its own accord. I felt like a young, silly, uncouth fool who could not control her own facial expressions. Now this right here, this really was a was truly a damn, damn, double damn moment. Miss Callie was looking at my face and what did she do? In typical fashion, she burst into full laughter. Then she stopped laughing and she said, girl, what do you see? Well, I wasn't sure what she really wanted me to say, but very shy and quiet like, I whispered the craziest thing, wrinkles. She fell out laughing again. She said, no baby, what you see is time. She said, say that. She's going to say it. She said, I'm going to ask you again. What do you see? And I said, she said, tell me. What did you say the first time? I said, wrinkles. And what did I say? I said, Miss Callie, you said time. She said, yes. What you are looking at, all these wrinkles, that's called time. She began playing around with that old long string of hanging shaky skin. She said it again. It's nothing to be all awed up about. It's just time, baby. She just kept right on shaking her skin and playing with it. And then she said to me, You keep right on living, and your pretty little tight, smooth skin will look the same. But guess what, she said. There is a part of Miss Callie that is not wrinkly. What is that, I asked Miss Callie. And with her cute, childlike smile on her face, with her bony hands, she took her hands and covered covered them over her heart in the fashion of a cross. Smiling, she said to me, my heart. What's not wrinkly is my heart. Mm Mm-hmm. She kept on talking. She said, a long, long time ago, the good, good Lord who knows everything about old Callie. When life had gotten as hellish as it could get, I mean hellish, Miss Callie trusted God. 
And then I looked at her, this sweet old lady. She put her hands up to cover her eyes, but her pain pushed her tears out through her hands. Those tears seeped right through her hands, even though her hands were up to her eyes. They found their way through her fingers and flowed down her face. Man. Her tears were not like any tears that I'd seen. But seeing her with her bony fingers up to her eyes and those tears still finding a way to seep through her fingers. I fumbled for a tissue, but she stopped me. She said, let them flow. These are good tears, she said. Well, I was kind of glad that she refused the tissues because all of my tissues somehow were full of chicken strip crumbs. He truly was good to Miss Kelly. He saved her even from the chicken crumbs. God did love her for, for sure. In spite of my tomfoolery, she kept right on reminiscing. I can't tell you, she said, just how many times I wished. In fact, I prayed for wings to fly me far, far away. I said, wings, Miss Kelly, like flying wings. She said, I prayed for wings to fly me far, far away to a place to be out of everyone's way. You know how sometimes you can just be in folks' way? They don't mean to treat you like you in the way, but they do. And you feel that. I wanted to fly away to a place where it would just be me and the good, good Lord. Because I knew that he would be there with me. Today, I thank my God that I stepped back and got out of his way. And when I did that little thing, he ironed them wrinkles right on out of my heart. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Until my heart became a heart that was pleasing in his sight. Nobody can see with the naked eye what he done, but they can surely feel it. I watched year after year these arms, hands, and neck go from pretty and smooth and meaty to nothing but a long string of shaky pudding. But that's not how my heart looks. No shaky pudding in my heart, but strong and kind and loving. When I look at myself in the mirror, I say to the good Lord, you are powerful and amazing. 
Only you can manifest time on this level. <laughs> the sound of my old joints making fuss, creaking and squeaking, almost having a conversation with me day after day. When I hear these bones squeaking like that, that's evidence for me, divine evidence of the sound of time, reminding me of my seasons. Just like the changing of the leaves on the trees from one season to the next. Me and time. But guess what? Regardless of how I look, Regardless of how wrinkly I am, it's still me. It's still Callie Mae. Regardless of the age, I'm still who God made. Girl, sometimes my eyes would be so gray and watery, I would have to dab and dab and dab them dry before I could even read anything clearly. I would laugh and tell God, okay now, Lord, I need to see a little bit now. I need to make out who's standing right here in front of me. I said, come on now. Come on, Lord. I can make out the voice. That's what I would say to him. But the face is a little bit blurry for me. And then just like that, just like that, after our conversation, he would bring them into focus, just like that. My conversation with God. <laughs> she burst out into more laughing. For some reason, that conversation with God, that thing right there, it was not at all funny to me. It just sounded kind of crazy. So I would say to her angrily, Miss Callie, what's funny about all that? She said, almost like an innocent child. She said, because of how it sounds. She said, time has its own unique sound. Don't it, she said, still amusing herself, but scaring me half to death. She said, I'm amazed and fascinated all the time. It's what only God can do. And so I tell him. I tell him that he's my God. I can have conversation with him anytime I want, anywhere I want, about anything I want. So you get over yourself, little lady. You can write this down or don't write it. Makes me know never mind. It's your choice. But you better laugh while you can, she said to me. I was a little bit angry with her about her talk. Foolish talk, I thought. And she was getting a little bit angry with me. She said, you, pointing her finger at me, she said, you better laugh while you can. Otherwise, you will cry plenty later on. She asked in a stern voice. She said, what would keep you from laughing when the funny strikes you? When the funny strikes you, 
down where that tickle bone is, what would keep you from laughing? What, she asked again. Answer me. With all the hell that's going on in the world, what does hinder you from laughing every chance you get? She said, I was young, frisky, and full of vim and bop. Then after time gets his hold on you, your vim and your bop goes into a permanent hibernation. And it stays there until you get your glorified permanent body. Plus, you get a mansion to boot, just like the scripture says. After you have suffered a while, you are brand spanking new. Well, pretty lady, I have suffered plenty. I have suffered plenty. That's why I laugh plenty. She hung her head down. She said, when I rise up every day and when I look in the mirror, I can see death staring right back at me. Let me know that it won't be long. (laughs) I laughed to myself. I already know that, I say. My eyes says it won't be long, Callie. My hand says it won't be long. These old ugly protruded knuckles of mine says loud and clear that it won't be long. The weight loss screams that it won't be long. (laughs) Death has its own sound. But guess what? I scream right back at death. I tell it all the time. I tell it, stop screaming at me. I know you and I see you. I recognize that greatness in my eyes. I can smell you. I can taste you. You all inside of my mouth. But by God, you're going to wait your turn. While she was talking, I heard the fierceness in her voice. I saw the strength in her voice. I saw the fight. But I also saw a sadness that I didn't like. I looked away from Miss Kelly and set my focus on the leaves that were outside, now a beautiful golden brown. As the gusty wind blew the leaves all around, they looked like a sea of gold, gold coins floating through the air. The sky was a pretty blue with soft white puffs floating like cotton. It was a perfect scene. More perfect than the one that I was staring at with Miss Callie. I wondered if that was what Miss Callie was imagining. I knew that one day, I too would see the same thing through her eyes. Through the same dim, watery eyes as Miss Callie. My Lord, that was time. And one day it would be my time. I was now more sure than ever before that time would certainly catch up with me. 
As I looked at the leaves, so golden and pretty, even if I took a picture and captured every nuance of the wind blowing and every nuance of the leaves, just right as as it was floating in the air, both the wind and the leaves would still remain the same, to do the same thing until the earth was no more. But not me. I would surely not remain the same. God had not meant it to be so. Here I was, young with vim and vop, as she called it. But one day, there would come a day when I would have neither vim or vop. Smiling, she finally looked up at me and she whispered, Heaven and earth will surely pass away, but my word will remain the same and will never get old and would never pass away. I knew that in order for me to live and not die, I would have to be like Miss Callie, who had developed a lifestyle of living as close to her, to her good, good Lord as divinely possible. When she said, my good, good Lord, she made you know, she made you trust that he really was her good, good Lord. In spite of all that I had learned about Miss Callie, she loved the Lord. She, she talked about things being hellish, but she still loved her good, good Lord. She said, I'll never leave him. Regardless of what happens to me, I will never leave him. She said, laugh, child. Laugh plenty while you have, and I said it for her. I said, time is callous. She said, yes. Laugh and love while you have time. Time waits for no man. I hugged her and cradled her in my arms. Until next time, I am the storyteller.